0: Teacher Henry.
1: Have a lesson. Listen up. Sorry, what are we learning today? You are beautiful. Uh, Yes, I are. Do
0: you
2: see this mom pouch? And I've got stretch marks and wrinkles. Now, now
1: the mom pouch. The stretch marks. Even the wrinkles. It's all beautiful. So if you've been with us for these past couple weeks or couple episodes, Everything is centered around body positivity, self-love, self-acceptance, and it is being pioneered by my beautiful, my gorgeous wife, Jamie, inside and out, and she is working so, so hard to help others see themselves as beautiful, have confidence and have this self love. And it is sexier than I've ever seen. She has accepted herself and she is a much happier person and she is spreading that happiness. She is having a free live session. It's a live masterclass webinar to join, check it out, feel the community, feel the love. And Maybe learn a little bit and maybe it's something for you, but you can go to jamieotis.com backslash bbp jamieotis.com backslash bbp tuesday march 2nd at 8 p.m eastern standard time We'd love to see you there. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of hot marriage cool parents This is one of your hosts, doug hainer
0: and i'm your other host jamie otis hainer
1: who is wearing my underwear
0: that is actually true. I am in his underwear and my t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> but we're on a podcast, so you can't see that. Thanks for calling me out.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> well, we are coming off a very special week because my beautiful and hardworking wife just got done with two back-to-back live webinars about body positivity. If you've been listening for these past couple weeks, there's been a general theme that we have been going with And I got to say, I teared up after the first webinar.
0: Oh my gosh, it was the sweetest thing. I was like, you're crying? Like what? But it's really important to me like obviously this whole body positivity thing and like what does that even mean? But just like really just self-love and self-acceptance and I think that there are so many of us who have struggled with just loving our bodies as we are and like obviously thinking we need to like stop eating some sort of food or limiting our intake or all the things and it's like can we ever just be good enough for ourselves? Like is that ever a possibility? And at least that's what I've struggled with and so I've been on a mission to kind of help women who also kind of identify with that, like just not feeling good enough or not feeling beautiful enough ever to just learn to love and accept themselves as they are. You can still want to be on the journey to maybe lose weight or you can still want to be on the journey to, you know, like for example, I have like terrible postpartum hair loss. I'm still on the journey to get my hair back. It doesn't mean that like I'm okay with just having a bald receding hairline because I don't, (laughs) but it's about loving yourself in the midst of the journey, you know, like and just so what I have a bald receding hairline. So I'm going to just... You know, be so hard on myself about it, and never show my face in public, or you know what I mean, or like all the things. So, in any case, I'm obviously very passionate about it, and I created a whole entire course. It's called Become Body Positive, and it's a limited time that this course is available. I'm closing the doors on March 7th, 2021. You will not be able to get into this course after that because I really want it to be just a closed group, a very private group so that when the people who are a part of it can feel open and can feel heard and seen that it's not like people just trickling in and out. I want it to be a very, very tight knit community. And so any case, if you're interested in learning more about that, it's jamiotis.com slash join BBP. If you want to check out how you can get into this tight knit, closed community, I would absolutely love to get to know you more. But before we do anything else,
1: yes, we love giving our reviewers a shout out. So this week's five star review comes from Alexandria K.A., who writes, You guys are seriously the best. I think she was talking about me. No, pretty, um, sure,
0: pretty sure she's talking about me. No. Thanks, Alexandria. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I came across your podcast after Jamie was a guest on the Coffee Combos podcast. This is the second review for people that have listened to you on the coffee combos oh the they
0: like me yeah. i like you guys too thank you Yeah,
1: because we do read every single comment and everything and try to get back to everybody so but i came across your podcast after jamie was a guest on the coffee combos podcast i instantly loved it i listen every week and i am currently starting over from the beginning and <laughs> catching up i even watched your season of Maths. i had never seen the show before Jamie, you have helped me so much lately. I've been struggling this past year with my mental health and body image. You continue to encourage me to think in a more positive way and just be real about everyday life. I really needed the motivation to get to my old self again, and you did that for me. I can't thank you enough. Keep being amazing. Doug, the humor that you bring to the show is truly helpful. Sometimes these topics can be so tough to think and talk about, but your humor really lightens it. I hope this podcast continues for a long time, us too.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. That really warms my heart. The whole thing, like I was saying earlier about the whole Become Body Positive and my tight-knit community that I'm trying to create is to literally help women like you, Alexandria, to just feel good about yourself in your skin. Like It's like we've spent our whole lives hating ourselves and trying to fix ourselves and trying to shrink ourselves. What will happen if we just learn to love ourselves as we are? Yep. And that's why I have that tight-knit community. So yeah, if you want to be a part of that, it's jamieotis.com slash join BBP. And like I said, the doors are going to close for that on March 7th, 2021. I'm not sure when you're listening to this podcast, but um, for those of you listening live, you have a chance of joining and being a part of this tight-knit community, and I would absolutely love to have you be a part of it. So yes, head to jamieotiscom slash join BBP. That's I'll, right. I'll see you
1: there. And today we have an exciting episode. So every single week so far since Married at First Sight has aired, We've been having my parents on to give their recap and review because my mom is very outspoken, very opinionated, and it's just fun to open up the speakerphone on the phone and get them on the podcast because they have a lot of interesting takes on the episodes. But also, we have an amazing guest coming on later, which is Michaela Petty. And again, the theme with the guests so far have all been body positivity, body image, and Michaela Petty, who's coming on later on the podcast— is a mommy, a wife, creator, and eating disorder recovery coach. And we always record these interviews ahead of time. Well, most of the time we do. And really enjoyed this conversation with Michaela and very, very excited to get her on later. Each and every week, we have my parents on to give a recap to Married at First Sight episodes. So this past week was episode seven, which was everybody moving into their first shared apartments. And While some were excited, others are still reeling from things that they learned in the previous episode from the honeymoons. In my opinion, the ones that are really feeling good, Virginia and Eric, which is no surprise. Clara and Ryan, I feel like are in a good place. Vincent and Brianna. But things really aren't going so well for Haley and Jacob and obviously Chris and Paige. But without further ado, I'm going to give them a call now. Ring, 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 ring. (laughs)
0: <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> ring,
1: ring, ring, ring. Did you guys obviously watch the episode?
0: Yes. How good does Chris
3: have it? I know. You know, he, uh, he gets married that day, that night, you know, he has to have sex. And then in the morning, he has to have sex.
2: And every day since.
3: Yeah. And then she just takes him back, whatever he wants. And he's even got that gleam in his eye like, you know, I got over on her. This is cool. I have a baby. <laughs> Just keeps on
0: going it's crazy well, look,
2: right I have to say you know your father was talking about Chris and Paige well I have to say if I can say it on your podcast that Chris is a real dick <laughs> and, and also you know that song Buttercup, build me a baby just to let me down that's not the perfect song that
3: knows that song I know that
0: song you know, Mr. Hayner You're
2: talking
3: about flowers
2: Oh stop it Buttercups But you know every time She gets a slap in the face You know he whispers sweet nothings Or he says something And you know Little Lala She's
0: gonna take his bait That's right (laughs) Listen to that snicker (laughs) Buttercups
1: Just to let me down
0: It's a nice song, Doug. Just be quiet. It's a nice song. Okay, so, Doug, you said that it's no surprise that Eric and Virginia are doing well. I feel like it is kind of surprising because... You know, he's, first of all, significantly older than her. He's daddy dearest. Yeah, he's so much older than her, but he's also like so well-established. And she is, you know, she's younger, just finding her way in life. And also not shy to admit that she's a party hardy. She loves her partying. So it's kind of interesting that they are getting along so well. I mean, Uh, they've definitely had some... I don't think they are. Okay, tell me what you think, Doug. (laughs) No, I
3: don't. I don't think they're getting along well. I think he's a control freak, and he's going to try and mold her, and she's not going to have it.
1: Oh, yeah. well, I don't know. I think that's where that
3: age difference is going to come in. He's well, he- setting down some ground rules that are like, I would say, no, nope, this is going to work. Well,
2: well, she has that freedom when he goes flying. Right. She wants to, you know. We don't know to, yet. She has to start introducing her friends to him and see what they're all about. But I just call him Daddy Dearest because <laughs> I think he does try to, uh, you know, now this is the way that it should be. Now, I've been here before.
1: Right. So
2: this is the way it should be. But, you know, I yeah. mean. My thumb is still in the center. It, it hasn't gone upward and it hasn't gone downward. It's still kind of in the middle. We'll see as the time progresses whether she'll, you know, put up with his, uh,
1: yeah.
2: you know, his little control
3: things. Well, you know, the control things, uh, look how far that went with Chris. You know, they're late to everything the way we see it. They always come in late and then when he gets it, hey, he tries just, to be logical like to just, just like
1: hainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, can't. I'm just
3: saying that, you know, when I saw him try and talk to Chris, try and reason with him, and try to tell Chris what to do, that's bull. He doesn't need to do that. He needs to shut up. He needs to just, like everybody else, you can make a look, raise your eyebrows. But shut up. It's none of your business. It's theirs.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you're talking about Eric. But
3: they did get there late after everybody talked about everything, so
2: you know, a day late, a dollar short.
1: Yeah. So
3: the best part of this whole thing, how many weeks we've been into it, is the fact that Chris said, Well, you're a drunkard you're a to <laughs> <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> oh my! Kind of is she yes,
0: kind yes. kind of is? I feel like. But Mary... it, mind
3: your own business. You know, it's between me and Paige. They're going through that struggle, and you know, once I saw what she looked like, the old girlfriend, I go, no wonder. But leave Paige alone. You don't need to have sex with her every time you see her. You know, get that little grin on your face. Okay, I'm getting over on her again.
1: She you also know, doesn't.
3: Up, I'm going
2: so back I, to my do, I just don't know how much Paige. You know, I mean, it's one thing to try to save face and everything, but he's really put her down so terribly. I mean, I was surprised that Pastor Cal didn't have more to say. What he did,
0: you know? Yeah, well, I think that truly, like, this just reminds me of like such a bad, vicious cycle of. I mean, it's entirely different with my mom and whatnot, but like, she was a woman like many who just wanted love and acceptance, and then my stepdad would get drunk and beat the snot out of her. She'd call the cops so that he would stop beating her.
1: Not saying Chris is. Beating no, her. not.
0: It's entirely different. Not saying it's physical abuse because it's clearly not, but it's definitely emotional abuse. And you exactly, know, exactly, exactly. But the thing about and it is, it will
2: turn into physical. Abuse. But I really haven't seen Paige shed a tear.
0: You know, I think that she's. Well, this is the first thing that we have to remember is that for us, it's been seven weeks that we've seen this. For her, it's been like not even a week of marriage yet. So yeah, like, that's true. So we have to remember that's that. True. But also, like, I just saw on you know social media, people are saying they're so over. Page and just taking him back, and she's a weak woman. And it's like, oh my God, like all I can think of is as a woman and as someone who saw a quote unquote weak woman take back someone who then just whispers sweet nothings is like, you know, it's like she's just so badly, clearly wants to be married, and she's so serious about this, and she thinks that maybe there could be a chance. It's heartbreaking. It's like, stop putting her down more because like she's clearly, I don't know, struggling, I guess, and just really like really does want true love and marriage. And oh, at this point, it's, this is becoming such a, a real issue. Like, you know, like at first, it's,
2: I, you know, she is there for all the right reasons. I'm sorry. He is not.
0: Yeah. He is not. Why did he get married at first sight? Because like, it's almost like this is just my thought maybe, but like, it's almost like, did he get married just to make the ex jealous or something? And then just wants to get the ex back because it seems like he yeah. really respects this ex a lot. Like, why has he got to bring her up all the time?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And then poor Paige know. is just like his pawn. It's so sad. But let's.
2: Right. Look- and that's what you know. I know that she, you know, crazier, crazier, crazier things have happened. That watch them stay together for whatever reason. Watch them. I mean, did you? I don't know if Doug, if you saw this, but he whispered in her ear, "I might love you." Something to that effect, yeah. But then, oh, cut me a break, you really are a d man, yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable.
1: Well, I mean, Paige also reports to the producers that he told her that he plans to divorce and get back together with his ex, you know, who he went to see in Chicago. Uh huh. So, we'll see what happens from that. He
2: was whispering in her ear, it was something to the effect that he loved her,
1: yeah. That's
2: before you know. He could see himself falling in love with her. I mean, come on.
0: I think that that is the most selfish thing to do to another person, let alone another woman, but oh, like exactly. your wife. Very hurtful. Very hurtful. I mean, this you poor know, I woman. Just, I just, oh, I Paige. I a would
2: backhanded him, that's
0: all. Yeah, yeah. right? You know. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, Haley and Jacob. What do you guys think about Haley and Jacob?
2: So, Mr. PP, personality
1: plus.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm glad that they were able to, because I thought he was really, you know, he wasn't really willing to listen to anything she had to say. I truly don't think they'll last, because they are just so, my God, they're so different. They're so, so different. My thumb is going right down for them. she's... She is such a happy-go, you know. I think that she's happy-go-lucky. She, you know, wants travels. Travels. She wants to, you know, have fun in life. And he's, he's stuck in the eighties.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and, based on his outfits and everything else.
2: Yeah. Really. I mean, unless he gives a little bit, you know, gets out of that error. He well, he's not changing. Yeah. I was going to say you're 38 years old. You know, it's hard to change those habits that you've gotten into.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: know, there was a big 10 year difference between them and, you know, she's where it's at and he's where it was.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You really don't see any progress. You would want to see progress at this point, especially moving in or trying to get on the same page And it seemed like there was distance at the honeymoon. And then when they got back, it was the same distance. Like there was no progress either way.
2: That's exactly it. There's none. I mean, the only thing that I saw was that he apologized to her, you know, because he really didn't want to listen to anything she had to say. And on the unfiltered section, she said she went to get the two girls to go have a drink with or whatever she was going. And the guy said, oh, you know, can we tag along? So, I mean, you know, he did not give her a chance to say one word.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of get that. And I feel like that might stem from, like, a past of not being included and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, he just instantly went to, like, that he was being left out, but that wasn't the case. And also, I mean, isn't she allowed to, like, have a little bit of space? I don't know. Like, maybe...
2: Exactly. Well, his big thing was that she lied. He went down there and, you know, the, the husbands were there. So he felt that she wanted to get away and she lied to him. And that wasn't the case.
0: But I feel like even let's just pretend that was the case. Like, that's not the best way to go about it, homeboy. Like, if you're trying to get your wife to like you, you might want
1: to <laughs> take a hint.
0: Yeah. Even, even
1: when he's with just the
3: guys, the guys are just talking around. He's, he's the last person that says anything. Yeah,
2: he's really he just awkward. Listens.
3: I think he's just like a panic attack ready to happen. Yeah, way too anxious. He's ready to he, explode.
2: But he's very awkward. You know, he's not like on the same... Maybe he's a little bit closer to Eric, but, you know, I, I just think he's the, stuck in the way
1: behind. Yeah, Haley not including him there, and, and I think why that was such a big deal for him is because... He is so shy, reserved, and probably not in front of his friends, but for someone to be so shy and reserved, he does a lot of things to get, like to scream for attention and get noticed. The 80s thing, the clothes that he wears, the stuff that he eats, the bodybuilding, he does a lot of things to get noticed and I think that just kind of screams to me that he wants people to be around him, but he just may not know how to carry the room.
0: Socially awkward. I mean, good word. I think that's
1: awkward. A lot of us are.
0: Yeah, I'm like that's actually your daughter-in-law and son as well. We're pretty socially awkward sometimes. (laughs) Oh, you are not. I'm not. Oh, Douglas. I'm not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, so we haven't talked about uh, honestly. Vincent and Brianna are pretty much like. couple goals.
1: Well, they had a thing. Finally, they had a a little snap and banter. Well,
0: you
2: know, I didn't understand what he was pissed about. Am I allowed to say that? I didn't understand why he was mad. She could say anything. Yeah, you could say anything. I didn't understand her verbiage to him. Like, you're Vinny? I didn't understand that. So I don't know why he got offended by that. Because I never heard. Expression before that it would make him feel, you know, be angry towards her. I just didn't understand the whole entire conversation.
1: Yeah, I think he was. And it
2: looked like she didn't understand the conversation either.
1: Yeah, he she felt like you know he felt disrespected. I think that's what it yeah,
2: was. But, but how was he disrespected? I don't know. <laughs> did you understand? whatever he
3: did? She said, "You know, typical vinny
2: Yeah, but see, I didn't understand that. And that
3: that. was just because his name's Vincent, you know, but, you know, now she's calling him Vinny. How he got upset about Vinny, what does that mean? Oh, okay, well, maybe he didn't like being called
2: Vinny.
3: I don't know. I didn't like being called out for whatever he did, which could have been a mistake. He's been nothing but nice.
2: Yeah. And then all of a sudden,
3: they said, when he builds up, holds it in, he just explodes. Explodes, right. It's a little bit what you saw.
2: Yeah, so all he went to his place, she stayed in her place, and he'll come back and say, I'm sorry, honey, I didn't mean to make such a fuss. After all those curse words.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think they have good communication, though. I don't see yeah, my...
2: my thumbs are still up for them. Yeah. I, I really like them. And honestly, to me, you know, I think it's... A- just like Pastor Cal said, you know, you're gonna, you know, everything is not, you know... It's so sunny all the time. There's it's healthy to have
0: clouds. a disagreement occasionally. I feel like the <laughs> fact that, that they had this disagreement is amazing because now they know it's so much better, I think, to have a disagreement early on than like far later and then kind of be shocked by it. Whereas like now you're only about a week or so into your marriage and you've had a fight. You know how you guys respond to it. You know what to expect. It's like far less.
2: Yeah, what did he do? He
0: ran away. <laughs> I mean, that's not good. But you know what? He I don't
3: in, Yeah, he held it in and he's just blowing off steam, yeah. you know, leaving. But, you know, to be called names like that very quickly, was like, hmm. <laughs> I got a question, though, Jamie, for the, for the
0: experts. Okay, let's hear why, it. Why are they trying to get older? Like, you know, a Jacob and an Eric and an age difference. I mean, okay, so Eric
3: goes through these questions, you know, to get there. You know, that Dr. Pepper puts through. I want somebody 10 years younger than me. I want somebody vivacious. I want somebody that's outgoing. Or I do I want somebody that I can just control and say no? Because I think that's a, a father daughter type of thing. Yeah, that's Eric what I definitely Virginia that and Eric. Europe. And I'm going, what the heck? I don't
1: think and it. And
3: then uh, when it's Jacob and Haley, I feel bad for her just as bad as I feel ba- for Paige. You know, it's like, what the heck is this guy putting me through? You, he goes in there once he apologizes and goes to her closet and looks at things. Oh, well, uh, this so very, you what the heck are you
0: doing? Yeah, Really awkward. Well, some people think, uh, actually, the vast majority on social media think that Haley's just being mean to Jacob. What? Yeah, I don't see it
3: being mean. I mean, they have nothing in common so far. Yeah. Absolutely nothing and, in common and
1: it's not the experts on that because it, it truly is the set of questions so unless they put in a deal breaker for me as someone that's my same age or a deal breaker for me as someone that is over five years then they wouldn't be considered but if you don't have that down on a piece of paper they have a uh, an age range that everybody's looking to stay within and if you don't say that or speak up about that then you know yeah. you know they're but, gonna but match look it at, look
2: at you know when you go and say that do you think that Virginia said I like to party I like to this I like to that yeah, def- 100
3: somebody that was married already no
0: but I'm she sure definitely answered
3: that question unless it was something like that you know no I'm going to be a it's re- weird I just said wow they don't look together well and, you know when Jacob and Haley don't look together I'm going Haley's to me she's already shut down you know, she's already, you know, she's looking, let's get this over with. Yeah. Let's just go. Are <laughs> you know, going to build on this now?
1: It almost looks like that point well, of no return. He's looking
3: for the attention he's looking for. And, you know, well, I don't even know if you like holding hands and being intimate. And I don't know if, you know, it's like, all right, what are you looking for? You're not getting to the point, you know, and just try because you're not being even, to me, a nice guy. Yeah. You're just answering, you know, stupidly everything, which you guys call awkward. It's like. Ooh, no, I don't
1: think so. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens over these next couple of weeks, especially once yeah. the experts start to get even more involved and bring up the conversation. So but as always, we love having you on and so does the audience. Well,
2: wait, I didn't I didn't say anything about Clara and Ryan.
1: Yeah, I didn't I like really see them, much my about them.
2: still up on Ryan and Clara.
0: What do you think about Clara and Ryan?
2: No, that's what I'm saying. my son my son is still up on them. I like them. I think they complement each other, and I don't think if he does something controlling or does something that she doesn't like, she's not going to be a mamby-pamby. She's going to, right. you know, she'll say how she feels.
0: What's and a that, mamby-pamby? You know, that could be
2: <laughs> a good thing to get him to change a little bit.
1: Yeah, she won't or, be shy. No,
2: I like them. Yeah. I like them.
1: Thank you so much again for another great week. And we will talk to you next week on the podcast. Okay. I love you. Love you. Love
0: you guys. I love you, Jamie. Love you guys. Talk to you guys soon.
1: (laughs) Bye. (laughs)
0: All right, guys. So we're continuing with our topic of body positivity, and we have another amazing guest on, and she is all about telling it like it is. Michaela Petty prides herself on giving the no BS approach to all things body image, mental health, motherhood. She's a proud woman of color who is now a veteran and also comes from a military household. She's a mommy, wife, creator, and eating disorder recovery coach. We are so excited to have you on, Michaela. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come on.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. I would love to hear a little bit more about you. Will you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
4: Um, Yeah, sure. Um, so, sorry, my dog barks in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mom, like you said, and as soon as I had my son, I made the decision to leave the military and become a full-time mom. And during this whole journey, I really just discovered I guess going through that whole postpartum phase and trying to relearn and love my body and accept my body. And then, after being recovered from my eating disorder, I found like my new passion in helping women also do that as well. So then I became an eating disorder recovery coach, trained under Recovery Love and Care, and they're an amazing group practice. And yeah. I'm just really happy to be here. It's been a long journey to get to this point with being recovered and all that. So especially being like a woman of color, a lot just plays
0: into it, like my background and all that with mental health. So Yeah. I, I, just, I actually want to dig into like literally all of this because something that actually stood out to me is that you are an eating disorder recovery coach. And I find that, you know, a lot of times the ED recovery coaches, they are people who have suffered themselves and you're, you know, you're very vulnerable and open about that. And I wanted to ask you know, how did you discover you had an eating disorder? I, I'd love to dig into more about like, cause I feel like there are people who may have an eating disorder or disordered eating and they kind of know, but they're not quite sure. So could you kind of shed some light on how to figure out even if you struggle with this type of a problem?
4: Um, yeah, I feel like it honestly just comes down to what your relationship with food is, what your relationship with your body is you don't necessarily have to have a full-blown diagnosis in order to realize that, hey, something's wrong here and I should probably seek help or, you know, especially if you can't afford something like therapy and getting a diagnosis or talking about this in your family household is kind of like a taboo subject like it was for my family. My family honestly just found out about my eating disorder really within the last two years, they found out about it. Um, And it's something that I've struggled since childhood, like since really elementary school is when I can remember starting my first diet and trying to become thinner. Yeah. So it can start from a really young age and it can go into, I guess, different types of struggles. I mean, At first, it was kind of like just body dysmorphia. Then it went into, you know, dieting super hard. That led into like a form of anorexia. I guess it was like atypical anorexia where I wasn't exactly super small. So in my mind, I wasn't sick enough to have anorexia. And then that developed into like bulimia and there was also a lot of mental health issues going on there with like depression and anxiety. Yeah. I just feel like if you have a feeling in your gut that your relationship with food just does not feel right or, you know, you fall victim to diet culture and body dysmorphia, then to seek help. And there's no need to wait until you feel enough to do so.
1: And I think a lot of times too, it's sometimes a little bit too late, but From what I'm hearing you say is that there is, no matter how deep into an eating disorder or, you know, starting from grade school on, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There are ways and different pathways, especially nowadays with access to so much information that you can get through this. You know, and something I wanted to thank you for your service first off, by the way. And I know that I know the military can also take a really hard impact on your body. Did you find that you had this eating disorder even? Been going through military and the beginning part of that? Okay, so real quick, I do want to give a couple shout outs to our sponsors. You know, I, I know it's a little bit past New Year's, but one of the most common New Year's resolutions is to eat healthier. And I think the statistic says about 8% of New Year's resolutions actually make it the long haul for the entire year. So one of the sponsors I want to give a huge shout out to is Kenko. And Kenko makes seriously nutritious smoothies for seriously busy people. Now, if you're a smoothie lover, you know that it can be expensive being store-bought or even fresh-pressed. And who has time to make smoothies in the morning or even in the middle of the day? And if you're like me, when you start to buy all of these fresh vegetables Uh, And fruits, a lot of it can go to waste because you just can't eat it in time. Well, get this, one box of Kenko smoothie packets delivers 45 fruits and vegetables. And it's just like going to a farmer's market and having it in your freezer because each smoothie takes less than 60 seconds to make because it doesn't require a blender, a juicer, or even your full kitchen. Just pour the Kenko packet into water or your favorite milk, shake it up and take on the day. And when you compare the costs of getting smoothies or just buying it one shot from the store or grabbing a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables from the supermarket, each Kenko smoothie costs about a little less than three bucks, and it packs half of the daily fruits and vegetables that you need to stay healthy. And their breakfast smoothies are only made from organic whole fruits and vegetables. They're flash frozen and slow dried. So it locks in all the fibers and nutrients, nothing added and no fiber taken out. And if you go to Kinko, that's K-E-N-C-K-O.com, you could take their quick nutrition quiz Fill out your flexible monthly order and choose from 15 functional flavors that match your goals and taste. My favorite by far is their energy surge, which has a ton of green, spinach, kale, kiwi, pineapple, apple, banana, ginger, but they have everything for recovery, mental focus, digestion, brain boost. So whether Eating or staying healthier was your New Year's resolution. You can start creating healthy habits right now when you go to kenko.com slash H-M-C-P. That's K-E-N-C-K-O dot com slash H-M-C-P. Pick out your flexible monthly plan and First 100 listeners will get 25% off your first order. That's kenko.com slash hmcp and get 25% off. But you have to be the first 100 people to go to the site. So, in order to get this special deal, 25% off for the first 100 listeners that go to kenko.com slash hmcp. You know, I know you mentioned it before. But Jamie is wearing my underwear and wears them a lot. And it's a good thing that I don't wear bras because I feel like you'd be needing them too.
0: (laughs) I actually don't need your bras because I have the best bras. I have this one nursing bra from Third Love that I pretty much wear. I'm not even kidding you. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't wash my bras every day. I mean, they don't, unless like I leak the milk in them because I'm nursing right now, I don't wash my bras and I use this Third Love bra probably more days out of the week than not. Uh, It's like the most comfortable nursing bra ever. But anyways, I don't know if you've heard about Third Love or not before, but they're designed for your perfect fit. So they use measurements of millions of women to design bras with all-day comfort and support, and they really do have like the perfect fit. And they actually promise it. They stand behind their products. So if you don't love it, you can get an exchange or return. They're absolutely free for 60 days. There's more than 80 sizes. So it's not just your typical like – uh, 34A, you know, or 36B, they have 80 different sizes and they're made with signature memory foam cups so there's no slip straps and a scratch free band. I mean they have cups from AA like so AA to I including half cups and bands from 30 to 48. They're just super inclusive of all different sizes which I absolutely love. I tell you their bras are amazing. So another thing that I love about Third Love is that they are all about giving back. So Third Love donates all of their gently used return bras to women in need supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay area and across the United States. Honestly, that means so much to me. Like it just it's so much better than just going into the the waste or the dumps. But anyways, if you want to check out Third Love, I highly recommend it. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering you guys 20% off your first order. So head to thirdlove.com/hmcp now to find your perfect fitting bra and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/hmcp for 20% off today. Seriously, They have great bras, not even just nursing bras. I just happen to be using the nursing one now, but I genuinely love them. And if you struggle finding the perfect fit, highly recommend checking out their site. Also, if you're not sure what size you are, they have this fitting room quiz. It's a super fun and easy interactive experience that focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you. So throughout the whole thing, the fit stylists are, are available for one-on-one chats to answer any questions. And it's just better than a traditional bra fitting experience because this one you can do from the comfort and convenience of your own home. So yeah, check out 3rd Love. Their fitting room has helped 18 million women find their true bra size. And you, my dear, can be next. All right, let's get back to the podcast.
4: Um, Yes, actually, my eating disorder really like took a hard turn after getting to my first duty station, really. I was stationed in Korea. My very first duty station was there, and I was kind of unheard of for a first-term airman to go to Korea because wow. it's kind of like for more experienced individuals, but I went there, and I was completely alone for the very first time in my life. I had just turned 19 out of high school.
0: Oh my goodness.
4: And I had a three-year-long relationship with my ex at the time, and that had just ended. And it was just a really hard time, I found, and I think the only way I found myself getting through it was going to the gym to like distract myself. And I found myself there morning like early early in the morning right before my shift and then right after my shift till late at night like I felt like that was the only thing I could do Mm -hmm. and in Korea you can't have a car as a first-term airman so I was walking (laughs) everywhere too so I just had a very active lifestyle
1: (laughs) that's a very Um, strange rule for a first year
4: I know it was really strange uh but I mean it got me off my butt into like walking more I used to hate walking and now I actually enjoy it today, <laughs> but <laughs> that's really where my eating disorder took a turn. After, I guess, like going through heartbreak from a three-year-long relationship, I felt like my appearance wasn't up to par, I guess, and it was kind of like I wanted that revenge body, <laughs> so to speak, sure. and that all I went after, and then also being in the military and having a really good PT score, like, they kind of looked at you as if you were more of a leader. And being a first-term airman, I was, like, the youngest there. So I feel like I was kind of, like, talked down to a little bit just because I was the youngest and I was, like, the newest. But when they saw, like, how great I was at PT, they would always, like, have me leading like PT sessions or wow. oh sorry physical training I didn't yeah, <laughs> I'm <using no>. acronyms <laughs> military <laughs> yeah they would have me like leading in that way and they had me leading nutrition courses and stuff like that because they thought I was just really good in that whole realm and just taking care of my health when actually I was struggling a lot because sure. I felt like they thought I had a lot of control but I feel like it controlled me <laughs> I couldn't go out. I felt like I couldn't go out and have a social life because the gym was, like, calling my name and I needed to get back to the gym. And if it interrupted my gym time or if it was out of my diet at the time, then I wouldn't go eat at a certain place. So it wasn't really me necessarily having control. I felt like I had no control, actually. (laughs)
0: I feel like a lot of times that's kind of the spiral effect and I love how you brought in the fact that obviously your mental health is suffering immensely, you know, with all this type of control that you're putting on your body and on your like eating habits and and whatnot. Um, So what was your first step into recovery? Was it after you left the military or, you know, just curious, like what the first step to recovery could look like for someone and what it looked like for Um, you?
4: Yeah, so I met my now husband in Korea, and we started dating and all that stuff. We literally only dated for three months before he asked me to marry him. Wow. <laughs> I know, and we got married at six months, and then we've been married now for three years. But we got married just because we wanted to really get to the same duty station, or else we would have been separated for three years and then get the same duty station. So we just decided to get married. And when we came to Hawaii next, cause Korea was only a year long assignment. And I feel like moving to Hawaii was like a big pivoting point for me. I was like, okay, I have to be bikini ready all the time. Cause I'm in Hawaii. Like yeah. it was another, like coming here was, I guess another step into being more so addicted. To like food and my outlook on my food relationship and my body was also struggling. And oh, I didn't tell you this, but my parents, my mom, is actually active duty as well, and she was stationed in Korea while I was there for a little bit. So I kind of had my my mom and my dad there, my brothers. So it was like I was away from home for the first time, but also mm-hmm. they were really. close. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's <laughs> so, actually awesome. Um, they
4: were Oh, it was amazing. But coming to Hawaii was my first time truly being away from, like, everyone I know, everyone I love besides my husband. And during this time, we were really starting to get to know each other, get to know what life was like with each other. I mean, we had only dated for, like, six months before tying the knot. So we were really getting to know each other a lot. And he knew I had a past with depression and anxiety And I feel like it started to come up a lot more. Assignment here to Hawaii, like the workload was a lot more strict. And I was on night shift quite a bit. So I like never saw the sun. But I was also heavily into that eating disorder side of things. But he really saw my mental health taking a turn. And he really urged me to go seek therapy. So I did. It was like a really messy ordeal. And I actually ended up having to get forced into the mental health clinic, and going to go see a therapist. And during that whole time is when she kind of discovered the things that I was talking about. And she was like, "Yeah, it sounds like you had like an eating disorder." And from there is kind of when I started trying to take hold of recovery. And even though we had gotten married about six months prior, we knew that we were planning a wedding. So here I was trying to get like wedding ready at the same time. And then I lost my menstrual cycle and all that, and we didn't know if we were gonna be able to have kids anytime soon, just cause my menstrual cycle was gone, and that was really worrisome. Um, and then I remember getting my dress fitted for the wedding, and I know this is such a long story.
0: <laughs> no, it's very <laughs> but, <laughs> interesting, and I think it's very relatable.
4: Yeah, I was getting my dress fitted, the wedding and I realized that like it was going to be my day and I actually wanted to enjoy it so I told the lady to like leave room in case like because I wanted to be able to move in my dress and I wanted to be able to eat the food that I wanted to eat yeah so that was like the first step and then I ended up getting my menstrual cycle we ended up having a baby um but having a kid was my biggest motivation to really get my eating disorder under control and really start that recovery process and all the healing because bringing a kid into the world i didn't want to put that same i guess all the trauma i was dealing with and like put it onto him or her and so i really wanted to get better
0: for for him i 100% really with that because i've definitely struggled and i I think I wasn't even necessarily really aware. I never would have thought I would have never said that I had an eating disorder because I like I think I was just in denial and disbelief, or you know like disordered <laughs> eating. But having my daughter, I was like, I do not want her to struggle with like just the scale and the cellulite and like just worried about what she looks like. I want her to ju- to like know that her value is in so much more than her body and her appearance, you know. Like, and then also with my son because boys they definitely struggle with it as well, and it's just not talked about as much. So I'm right there with you. And on that note, what are some of the things that you do? Like what kind of recommendations do you have to help raise kids to be confident and comfortable in their own body?
4: Um yeah, I actually started with my nieces cuz they are older. My oldest niece is 8 years old and the other one is 4. And I mean, Henry, my son is 1 years old. He can't really I mean, I feel like we have conversations, but <laughs> don't know how far that goes, <laughs> but I really see my nieces because they are in such an impressionable young age. And I was, uh, I was actually just talking about this earlier when I was visiting my sister, my niece came up to me and she was all like, KK, hey, that's what they call me. She's like, I'm hungry. And I had some chicken nuggets. And I was like, here, have some nuggets. And she was all like, no, my tummy's too big. I need to have some broccoli and tomatoes. Mm. And I was like, "You're or like she's four years old and she's saying that she can't eat chicken nuggets because her tummy's too big. And I was like, wow, it was really hard to hear that too. It's like, it just happened so young. And I'm sure my sister definitely never meant to like say any of those things around. But I mean, you do, you do learn it from your parents. You learn whenever you see your mommy step on the scale And she has this really like sad look on her face or, I mean, you just, you do learn it from your parents. You learn when you hear your mommy say like, oh, I can't eat that. I need to lose weight or something. As a kid, you think your mom's like the most perfect person in the world. So if something's wrong with her, there must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And I did. I did start with my niece and it started something as little as like, she has super, super curly hair and all of the Disney princesses she loves have straight hair. And so it started with me teaching her that her hair is beautiful, just the way it is, and that she can eat anything she wants. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if you want to have some broccoli, here I'll make you some broccoli, but have some chicken nuggets. Like you don't you can have more food and it doesn't matter if you're he's you like your stomach's too big, like you're just beautiful the way you are, we can go to the park, we'll play. I mean it's it just starts off with little things and creating that I mean, living out that lifestyle and not just like speaking it, you know? Like yeah. you have to really what you preach as a especially as an aunt or a mother, father, any type of figure in somebody's life because kids absorb everything. That is um,
0: so true. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, to mention about that, that I found really helpful is that like, for those of you listening who are curious, like different tips for, you know, for your kids, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, something I found really, really helpful is to say, does that make your belly feel good? Like, so, you know. Like if my daughter is eating like just like cupcakes and she eats a lot of them, then her belly will hurt inevitably because it's just like sugar, you know? And so instead of saying, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just try to say like, does it make your belly feel good or does it? So if she feels full, I'll say, okay, you can stop eating if your belly's full because you know, that means you're well nourished and you're getting healthy. And I know it sounds like to me, it sounds a little almost like woo woo or I don't know, like not woo woo, but like just like. I don't know. Maybe granola is the right word. I don't know. But like it really works because like even for us as adults, like I'm trying to tell myself that myself. Like, okay, so, you know... There's all these fad diets. Like, first, it was what was it? It was like fat was bad when in the 90s when I was a kid. Fat was so bad. Like, everything had to be low fat, and that's how you lost weight and got skinny. And then it turned to carbs. Carbs are so bad. And if you want to lose weight and get skinny, then you cut out all the carbs. And now it's sugar. Sugar is so bad. If you want to lose weight, you cut out all the sugar and all the carbs because carbs turn into sugar. So it's like even more. But I think that the message, like, the overall message is that no one's ever gotten healthy from any of these fad diets. No one's ever lost their weight and kept it off unless they stuck to like this crazy diet. And the truth of the matter is, is that there are healthy people all over the world who eat fat they eat carbs, they eat sugar and they just know, I feel like that when they eat, they're eating to nourish their body and to fuel their body. And, you know, like they're eating when they're hungry and stopping when they're full. And so I'm trying my absolute best to like, kind of, I don't know, relay that message to my daughter and also live like, just like you said, Michaela, like live by example. Like, you know, when I get on the scale, cause I do weigh myself and I, I think, you know, There's nothing wrong with weighing yourself. But I also make a really big point to not be excited or happy or sad or mad or anything. Like I just, I'm like, yep, that's mommy. And then Henley will get on the scale and she'll like read the the numbers off. And, you know, I think it's important to, I don't know, destigmatize all of it. Uh, And I love, love, love that you're helping your niece because you're right. It's not... You know, anything that your sister meant, no one means for that to happen. But it is such a cycle that, you know, you have to be super aware of in order to break it.
1: Yeah. And um, I just want to kind of go back to something that you said about your husband actually brought up some personality changes that he saw in you. I wanted to see what was it that he recognized. And also, it sounded like you didn't really take that too well from what I heard, you were kind of forced into going to therapy. What is a nice, delicate way to bring that subject up to somebody if you do notice it? And if we could just kind of go back to what your husband noticed in you and then we'll get to the how to talk to people question after.
4: Yeah, of course. So honestly, I think the way to bring it up, so somebody – with their mental health, especially somebody with like an eating disorder, somebody with depression and anxiety. It's not something that they want to accept in themselves. You know, like they're going to be like, no, that's not it. That's not the problem. You know, so they're going to, it's kind of like letting them know that you are there for them. So a lot of the times, most of the time, they just need somebody to, to listen. And, you know, we don't necessarily need advice or anything like that because, I mean, Coming from me, I was, and still am, (laughs) to be very hard-headed when people are trying to, like, give me advice, especially if I feel like there's nothing wrong. And I feel like a lot of the times you're kind of in that denial phase that there is anything wrong with you. Like, you kind of feel like you're not sick enough or or you're not sick, period. So, yeah, I was definitely angry when he brought up, you know, like, you're not acting like yourself and all that stuff. Like, I was... Very defensive because, I mean, we were only had been dating for six months and this was like our first time like really living alone together. And I was like, well, how do you know if I'm not acting like myself? Like, how do you really know me and all this stuff? And I mean, I feel like he got the, but whenever we got married, we were kind of still in that huge puppy love phase, I guess. I was trying to be the best girlfriend, the best wife, and eventually, you know, life settles down and you're not putting on like a show anymore. Like you don't want to cook dinner anymore all the time or yeah, like the house is going to get messy because I'm not in the cleaning mood and life kind of just starts like happening. But he really did notice just with how I was, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of like I wasn't really into having conversations like i just was wanting to isolate myself i was always tired and i mean that could be from the fact that i was going to the gym like morning and night and maybe i wanted to sleep but also a huge sign of depression is just wanting to turn off sure but then there's sign of like anxiety is like not being able to stop like I felt like I was in this constant battle of like oh I need to get stuff done I need to do I need to do more I need Mm -hmm. to do more but then also being like so sluggish that I just wanted to like lay in bed tune out the world I was kind of just like numb to feeling these feelings that I used to feel all the time like I just used to be a very passionate person about a lot of different things like if I was angry I would be angry if I was sad then I would feel the sadness and I would cry And a lot of times I was very happy or just in a very content state. And during that time, I just, I wasn't feeling anything, Sure, you know? Bad things would happen and I'll be like, it is what it is. And I mean, that's a huge sign is is not feeling.
1: And Michaela, what was, if you can kind of sum up what your eating disorder was or just how you viewed your body and your body Mm -hmm. image, was it that you were just never satisfied with, Your body, I mean, there's so many different body types out there, and I was just curious what was your thing? What were you chasing?
4: Um, So, for me, it was more so atypical anorexia with, I guess, a purge subtype, but for me, it was not necessarily like throwing up or anything like that. Mine was more so, uh, very much so, like over exercising those diet teas that are pretty much like, like it was, yeah. And I wasn't really eating a lot. And if I was eating, I was very heavily focused on eating super clean. And I would have these, what I thought were benches, but they weren't, they were like probably the amount that I probably should have been eating, <laughs> like an actual portion size, like good portion size meal that I should have ate, but I would perceive that as, like, a binge. And I think that's kind of what my eating disorder was. I was never clinically diagnosed with one. I don't know, because a lot of the times, my, I guess my therapist said she thought it was, like, bulimia or something like that. But the more I looked into it and doing the work I do now, we decided that was probably, like, more so atypical anorexia. And... Yeah, and I just had a lot of like body dysmorphia. I've always been the bigger girl. I mean, I'm five ten. I'm very tall and I've been very tall all my life. Mm-hmm. So especially I feel like I grew up in like Pixie Land. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I gotta explain it. Like I just had a lot of petite friends and they were always like shopping in, like just like they were able to go buy matching outfits that you know, Abercrombie or they had all these like the one size fits all and that wasn't off my size, and it was not fit. And I always weighed more. So I just always felt like there was something wrong with me. And I remember like praying. I was like, I just want to look like this girl's name was Victoria. She was just petite, little white girl. So beautiful. I was like, I want to look like her. And I was like, "Um, okay, well, I'm a black woman. I'm very tall. That's probably not going (laughs) to happen. So I just had a lot of, like, body dysmorphia. And coming to the place of just accepting who I was was a very long journey. And then even meeting my husband, he's lean. He's a lean guy. (laughs) Yeah. No matter if he doesn't work out, like, he just always has abs or whatever. Like, it's not (laughs) – he's just a a lean dude. And – I felt like I struggled a lot in our relationship and I put a lot of pressure on him to gain weight because I didn't want to be the big one in our relationship. My mom would always say, like, always date a guy that's bigger than you.
0: My mom said the same thing. Yes. Yes.
4: (laughs) Yes. That was a huge thing for me. I was like, oh, I can't be bigger than him. But I mean, now I've come to the terms that I'm going to probably weigh more than him. And My plate doesn't need to be smaller than his. Like we probably eat the same amount. If not, probably I eat more. I can probably finish his plate. Oh,
0: same. (laughs) I do that. This Mm -hmm. is, I feel like you're talking my story because I don't weigh, (laughs) I almost weigh as much as my husband who is significantly taller than me. And my mom always said, at least, you know, if you're smaller than your partner, then you can feel skinny and feel good about yourself. And so she would always try to date men bigger than her so that she could feel smaller and, you know, skinnier. And she always told me to date someone bigger that'll protect you and make you feel small and da, da, da. And then my husband's the same as yours where he can eat whatever the heck he wants and he still has a six pack. Meanwhile, I'm over here like eating the same things that he's (laughs) eating and I do not, I have a six pack on my back from like back rolls. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah.
4: That's actually very common, especially with, like, just being a female. You want to come off as smaller and petite to your significant other. And I don't know. Like, I've always known that I was very strong. Like, naturally, I was very strong. Um, I remember going to the weight room in high school and there was, like, the wrestlers and the football players, and they'd be like, oh, I bet you can't lift that. And I could lift it, like, no problem. Like, I was a very strong girl, and even now, I'm a very strong woman. Like, there's no need for me to pretend like I can't open up a pickle jar and have my husband do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah,
0: and that's actually so I- cool. That's amazing.
4: Yeah, it took a lot for me to accept that but because I feel like I was going through such a hard time with accepting myself he felt like there was something wrong with him so it does go both ways like body image can go both ways
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. So there was one question that Doug had asked and I wanted to wrap up with this because I feel like you're the perfect person to talk about this. So, you know, you were saying that your husband had approached you, you know, to talk to you about whether or not you have an eating disorder and to go to therapy. And Doug had asked earlier, like, how do you approach someone And you kind of touched on it briefly to just listen, but I kind of wanted to hone in this a little bit more because whether it's we're going through it ourselves or it could be our children or, you know, a significant other, how do you approach someone who is like deeply struggling with something like with an eating disorder or body dysmorphia?
4: Yeah. Like I said, just being like very passionate and very patient. For me, I honestly did not want... To put my problems out there because I felt like there was already so many other issues going on. You know, we were newly married, trying to figure out how we were going to afford, like, life. (laughs) We both had new jobs. I felt like we just had different pressures in our life individually that I didn't want to bring my issues up to the table and let it be a thing. But he knew it was a thing, and I kept on trying to, like, suppress it, but he was very, very patient with me. And, like, honestly, the whole getting me into therapy by force was really on me, because I kept neglecting the help, and I got to this point where I was, like, really just breaking. Like, I, I'm i not trying to get too dark here, but I did have, like, a moment of suicidal thoughts and tendencies, honestly. Mm-hmm. And he was very scared, and he called my mom. And my mom, like I said, it's like she's in the service, so she knew a lot of the, the people I was working with. Sorry, my doctor. That's okay. She knew a lot of people that I was working with, so she's the one like my husband called her and she called my supervisor and military doesn't play. They don't want to lose another soldier, so they got me into therapy, but my husband was, at first I was angry. I was. I was very angry. I didn't want to be in therapy in uh. People of color, like their household, therapy is kind of like a very taboo subject, you know? Like, we don't really talk about it. If you can't rely on your pastor, your community, then, you know, something's wrong with you. Therapy's for crazy people, medication's for crazy people. So I didn't want to go through it. I didn't want to be looked at as crazy. Mm. But he was very, very patient. And he actually went with me to a few of my therapy appointments initially until I was able to go by myself because he knew how I was with people-pleasing and not trying to bring up anything that was hard for me. So he actually did a lot of the talking that first time and talked about his own issues and then it got me comfortable talking about mine. So being patient and opening up the conversation, you know, like don't be so focused on necessarily what they're going through. Maybe just talk about, you know, depression as a whole. Like if you've ever had anything happen to you or vice versa, like anything like that, like just opening up that conversation. Cause a lot of the time you can just feel very alone and that's the
0: last thing you want to feel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us. I absolutely adore following you on Instagram. And I think that you are a force to be reckoned with. Like you really are. And you should be so proud of yourself for, I mean, I feel like you've grown immensely, like just listening to your story. I feel like you were this like, you know, young girl going off into the military. And I'm so thankful that you met your husband because it seems like he's really played such a great role in your life, you know, to like help you just um, learn to love yourself really. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm pumped. I'm excited to continue following you and see all the great things that you're doing. Thank you again so much for taking the time out to come on. Oh, and if people wanted to find you, where can they find you?
4: Um, right now I'm only on Instagram. I, Michaela, Michelle underscore. You can find me there. Follow me there.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, I want to start a blog eventually and maybe my own podcast, but who knows? Right now I'm only on Instagram though.
0: That all sounds great. And you know what? You got to start somewhere and you're doing great. I absolutely love your Instagram. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you.
1: And if you're looking for a husband, go to Korea.
0: <laughs> In the military. <laughs> 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 let oh, Terry jokes aside. Maybe they do make some great husbands in, there. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. All right. Michaela, thank you so much for coming on and being so vulnerable and sharing your story of
4: course. Thank you so, so much for having me. This is amazing.
0: Wow. She is just such a young, inspiration to me. You know, she's very, very young to have gone through all that she's gone through and then overcome. And like sometimes it's just amazing. Like who knew that her husband, who she met and then three months later got engaged and then six months later got married, is like the person who helped her out of her biggest like battle, it seemed like, uh no pun intended with military and whatnot. But I mean, it just goes to show that you know, obviously, Doug and I were married at first sight. So and you know that if you're listening, but um it just goes to show that you never really know when the right person could just walk into your life and just kind of keep, you know, your mind open.
1: Yeah. And it goes to show, too, though, in society nowadays, when you see someone at the gym, when you see someone that's super fit, super lean, super hard at their regimen and working out, there's a point of wanting to be healthy and there's a a point and a line that you can cross to get into almost like obsessive and just really, like she said, just you're trying to almost harm your body where you may look at somebody that's super fit and be like, wow, that guy or girl is super healthy. They're at the gym all the time, you know, and, and there could be these underlying issues that are happening and you would never know. That's why it's a very thin line between obsessing and between trying to stay healthy, I think is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree, Doug. Look, I feel like when you compare yourself to that person at the gym who seems so fit, so in shape, or the person at Starbucks in in line ahead of you, six feet away, with their mask on and their body's like so perfect in your head, you never know the internal struggle that they're going through, and you know you're comparing yourself to someone who might be the most miserable, depressed person to have that type of a body, and so I don't know. Like my philosophy is, and this is the mission I'm on is to just love ourselves as we are because, I mean, I'd rather be happy and like set a good example for those around me, like my children, of course, included, and just love myself rather than obsess over like this perfect body that someone else is like literally depressed because, you know, depressed and putting themselves through like mental warfare in order to achieve it. And they're not even happy. So like, you know, we're going to continue touching on this body positivity movement because I just think that it's so, so important. And yeah, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the podcast, I do have a program launching very, very soon. It's going to be a limited time launching. So if you're interested in learning more about it, I have a free masterclass on five different tips to become body positive. And that's at jamieotis.com forward slash BBP. So yes, head on over to jamieotis.com forward slash BBP and you can check out Become Body Positive, this free webinar that I have for you. I'm so excited to see you there I'll be there live with you sharing with you like all the different tips and tricks and secrets to become body positive positive. and until then we'll see you guys next week
1: yes and stay tuned to everything Hot Marriage Cool Parents by going to our Instagram page at Hot Marriage Cool Parents or you can visit at Doug Hayner or at Jamie and Otis we love you, stay safe, wear a mask we have another amazing, amazing episode coming up next week so definitely stay tuned for that and we'll see you later good Bye, and good luck, and sayonara, adios.
0: If you listen to the end of these podcasts, you must be like, what a wacky, wacky couple. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next week. We love you.